Wow. Wow, what a game, you guys. What a weekend. We're so happy you're here with us for another and a very special LAFC 360. We're going to relive every single moment of LAFC's 3-2 win over the Galaxy, and we'll get you set for Gareth Bale's introductory press conference, which is live at 1.30 on LAFC's YouTube channel. So here with me is none other than Philly. Back for another Manic Monday, boys, and it's a fun one. And Vince LaRosa. I love that they commented that you look good already ready for the press conference. I look like the guy that's going like, to clean up after or something like that. I did not dress for the, for the occasion today. I apologize. Guys, we beat the Galaxy. We I'm did. not going to celebrate like it's the World Cup. You know who I'm talking to. Anyway, um, but no, this is great for you guys in the chat. I mean, if you watch the, the post-game uh, reaction show, I was, I was having a great time. I don't know about you guys. You had the best time. I had the best time, I think, of anyone there. But pumped. yeah, I'm so I'm so pu pumped. Yeah, pump the brakes for a second. Okay. Let's let Philly handle some business here, and then we'll get into it. Right. And speaking of business, make sure you follow 110 on all the social media platforms. Click like, subscribe, tell your mom, tell your aunt, tell your, your third cousin, twice removed. Follow 110 and hit subscribe. That's right. You heard the man. All right. There are so many talking points from Friday's win, and you know how we like to do things here. It's time for... Hashtag what's trending. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, 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 bow. Uh, but before we get into our first topic, let's have a listen to Galaxy midfielder Mark Delgado. I'll give him the respect that he maybe deserves. I don't know. After well, you hear this, uh, well, check this out. I just check, yeah. Anyway, speaking it's gonna of It's going to come. It's coming. No, it's coming. Is it? Oh, oh. There it is. Hashtag what's trending. Bow, what's trending. Bow, bow. And then Marky. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't find oh, there he is. anything quite difficult about them at all. Just another team. I feel like we, as a group, could have been a lot better. So, interesting take from Mark Delgado. I'll give him this. Heat of the moment, I understand he's probably a little pissed off. However, what? As, yeah, I mean, he uh, clearly was suffering from a goiter problem, so he consumed too much salt. He was awfully salty <laughs> on, on his remark. To say that, oh, that back line, you know, they weren't good, you let up three goals. And one of those goals, somebody could have drove a semi right in the bond without being touched. What are you talking about? I, um, I, I will go on the record in saying Mark Delgado has been, o over his career, one of my favorite players in Major League Soccer. But the, he also said earlier in the press conference, you know, uh, LAFC, the, the game wasn't too difficult for them. You don't say that after you lose 3-2 to anyone, period. And I know it's a rivalry match, and I get it. Like, it, it sucks, and it's good to be bitter, especially against your rivals. But some of the stuff just didn't make sense, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. As an as a LAFC fan, but also just as, like, a neutral a little bit, you're like, what are you saying? Just, How, what, 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 what's not difficult yeah. about getting conceding three goals? It was, I, I'm sorry, but that's. I, I wonder if I'm if you're his teammate, if you're a little like chuffed by that, right? Because it's just like too nonchalant. He's like, I, I mean, I didn't find it difficult at all, and and then your teammate's like, well, we, but we lost. Yeah. So did you did you maybe not give 100% effort there, Mark? Like, could you have given us a little more? Because I thought he had an okayish game, but he didn't. It's not like he was bossing this game. And then to say that, but it, look, at the end of the day, here's the best part. It's actually them saying that. Like, I feel like a lot of games we've walked away. And been like, uh, we lost to the Galaxy, but man, we really deserve better. Um, now they're having to try to figure out that posturing and how that works for them after making fun of us so many we games. We deserve better. And then there's some games where we just say flat out, we should have been better. Yeah. We should have been better. Yeah. We didn't get the result that we sh wanted to get. 
The, the funny thing is, they seem really resigned to like sit on the fact that they were happy that they lost in a pretty faction. I mean, I think Greg Vanny went on record saying this. A couple of them went on record saying, you know what? We dominated them in every single category, but you know, we, we ended up losing the game, and that's just football. And that seems to be something different than what the fan base and the players and the front office has been saying. You know, win at all costs. Now they're getting to the fact that they're just happy to like lose pretty, that they gave it their all. I don't know. It just seems like the Galaxy is still trending in a different direction than they're normally accustomed to. I think there's, for example, when LAFC lost to Vancouver, I was on the show and I was saying how with context in mind and the circumstances in which LAFC was in, it wasn't a good feeling to lose, but it was understandable and there may have been a positive going into the next week. That being said, like, it, it, it's a little bit different if you're saying, no, well, we dominated, then why didn't you win? Yeah, it's very selective memory. And as Philly says, like, that's not the MO that they've been pedaling yeah. after these games. So now to kind of flip it around, I mean, it makes me happy. It just makes me smile because it seems like they're all, they're all uh, not understanding of the moment and kind of confused on what, exactly what is going on and they don't know how to feel. And they might try to flip that and say, well, we're not used to losing. It's like, yeah, but, but, but you are. I also want to say to everyone watching, it, I, I like seeing all these Galaxy fans pretend that they're just sitting atop their high horse and that they're be they're not they're not here for this banter. They're not here for this pettiness. You know what? Yes, yes, you guys won, but we've had more wins. Yada yada. It's like, like I can get receipts on how you guys reacted when you tied us three three. When you've tied us seven other times. When you guys came back. So 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 don't try to to sit there and pretend that this rivalry and this bitterness is above you guys. We get to celebrate when we win. Vice versa. Stop it. What are you doing? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. To on that note, to the game. Yeah, let's talk about the actual game. Uh, that's what we, we're not all about just the, uh, the back and forth on Twitter uh, and social media. We do like to break down the game. And I want to start with Sifu because I thought that, you know, he was man of the match. So obviously a great place to start. Sifu was the amalgamation of that match, right? It was kind of a roller coaster. He played a part in all three goals, uh, scoring two, and then also helping uh, start the turnover that led to Chicho's goal. Uh, but what, what did you guys feel about uh, Sifu's game? I mean, he's just getting better and better, and I feel like I've been saying this week after week. I mean, he's starting to shine. Uh, uh, Greg, uh, not Greg, um, Chirondolo at the press conference kept saying, like, he's going to be, he's a world-class player. If he could tidy up his defense, like, he could be, you know, sky's the limit in terms of his career. But if you look at his stats right now versus where they were last season, like, he's about eclipsed his stats from last year. And he's playing fantastic. I mean, he got MLS Team of the Week, and rightfully so. If he wasn't a big part of this game, we wouldn't sit, be sitting here on its Manic Monday celebrating right now. I'd just like to say that I, I enjoy the fact that we're sitting here in 2022 and saying Sifu had another like best player of the game performance, right? This isn't just a, a, a fluke. This isn't a one-game thing. This isn't a, oh, he showed up against the Galaxy. This is him. Now, week in, week out, showing that he may be one of the best midfielders in Major League Soccer. Well, I like that you said his stat line is similar to last season. Last season felt like his breakout season, and then this season started a little flat for him. Now he's really coming on. Oh, he's yeah. still got quite the runway to go through the season, then obviously playoffs. That's what I think is going to be the most encouraging sign for Sifu. And man, he look it, whatever. I don't care what it is. Maybe it is just he wants to be on that World Cup plane. Uh, or I don't care what it is as long as we reap the benefits, and LAFC is definitely reaping the benefits of Sifu, and this is the step that I think we all imagine what came from game one. Fortunately, we had to wait till about game 14 or 15, I think is when he started to really pick up his form. 
Uh, but if he can continue and if, if Steve's right, he can actually build on this and become a better defender as well. I would say also conditioning maybe a little. He runs himself completely yeah. ragged. Um, so I would like to see him make more, you know, 90-minute games, finish it 90 minutes all the yeah. way. But what a performance. And then, again, I want to go back to the mentality. There was a 20-minute stretch where he was having a really tough time getting yeah. the ball out. They were defending too deep. Uh, Galaxy were really pressing. But then he was able to, you know, force that turnover and get them going. So I think that's that's a big improvement on Sifu, a young player, that when things are going wrong, you can actually kind of take – you can re – change the course again and bring it back up a level. And that's a sign of growing maturity, which is obviously important for a young player such as him. If he wants to take it to another level, if he wants to go to Europe and play for some of the big clubs, he's going to need to do these things. Like looking at the referees being immature, getting hot-headed and losing your cool, that's not going to cut it. And obviously that play that you were talking about, Mahala, the goal, we're going to obviously like talk about Chicho's thing. I mean, he was so much a part of that. I mean, he gets the hockey assist on that as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Well, I like to think that because of how well this team is playing, and how well some of the players individually are playing. I think in the next month or so, we're going to start talking about these players a little differently in the sense that, you know, maybe Sifu's playing so good that maybe we have to offload him at some point. Just not before we win an MLS Cup, of course. Yeah, I think... But when does that conversation start to happen? I think the conversations are probably already happening. But I don't think you're looking at in this window. No, not, not this window. But I'm just saying you have to start thinking longer term where, you know... Similar to Atuesta, mm -hmm. you know, when, when, when is the, the, the next chapter for some of these players? Right, yeah, I think you start those conversations now. You start to get feelers because you want to maximize his value. You also want to send him to a spot. I think, again, it's not just about, and I think a lot of MLS teams have done this, where it's like, just take the payday, and then the players don't do well, and then you don't see another player from that team go for a while. It, it behooves you to send them to a beneficial situation for them because as they do well, again, these European teams are not creative. They just look and go, that guy did well. He came from that team. Let's go to that team and see if they have another player. So you need to actually have your guys not just get sold for big money, but then continue to do well. So speaking of players who did well, uh, Chicho Arango, another goal and, and a pretty clutch goal. I'll say the winning goal, which happened to be. Yep. Um, how, do we, how are we feeling about Chicho right now? I'm feeling great, and it's not just his scoring. So I've been harsh on Chicho because I felt like off the ball, he could do a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, when he plays, when Carlos doesn't play, he's all over the place, right? He's trying to be a playmaker, he's trying to be a scorer. And I was like, maybe just be a scorer. Um, and he's been that part of it, but then off the ball and against the ball, more importantly, I should say. His back pressing um, and his willingness to, to really get in there, he's been better. I mean, he's still not the best presser in the world. He can, he can get, the thing is, it's not that he doesn't want to do it. He just gets too excited and runs off. And if one man presses and the rest don't go with you, there's no point. But the press was pretty good. And then just the ability to kind of pry some balls loose. Uh, I thought that Koulibaly was actually very good. And it was definitely a tactic of the Galaxy to have him dribble out um, to get through that first line of pressure. But Chicho was, he was willing to continue to the chase and continue to help out his midfielders. And I think that's a big improvement on his game. But then, obviously, the goal. The guy, the guy's when he finishes and when he's in a, a you know, his form, he, no one can stop him. It was a, it's a good goal. Was, I mean, it was a great goal. I mean, he's, I mean, what is his fifth goal in six games? If you're looking, he's got yep. 21 goals in 35 games. No by other the, player has scored. And, and, that and many goals. Yep. Oh, and by the way, he had 21 goals when he when he was down in Colombia, Milonarios, over the course of 53 games. He's done that in over the course of 35 games. He's now our leading scorer with seven goals, and he started out the season slow. But what I love about him is the fact that he doesn't 
And it feels like a couple of games he's done this where he's just let a couple of balls sky. But then he comes in and gets another game winner. I mean, this is what? It's like his third or his fourth game winner in the past several matches. I mean, Chicho Arango, like, making a case for why he should be LAFC's leading scorer. So, I like this. Before we move on, can we snuff this out? Nico saying give him the DP contract. And I see a lot of fans saying that. You don't do that. And look, I'm saying this as not Chicho's agent. If Chicho wants more money, he should advocate for more money. I I always wholeheartedly say players should get as much money as they can because their window is short to get paid. But a team that would that has signed you to a contract and then goes like, oh, we'll just make you a DP. Yes, he's been playing at DP levels, but we've now learned, especially from teams like the Sounders, you gotta have a few guys playing on TAM deals that play up to a DP level. You don't you don't reward them for you know six goals in five games or 21 goals. Like he signed in on that contract. He was the leading scorer in Colombia. That was the contract he signed on. That's what you keep him on. And then as his contract is renewed, maybe, but you don't just push him up to DP. It's too valuable of a spot with a guy that's already making a decent chunk of change. I mean, he's not he's not going to be poor anytime soon. Well, I just want to to say that I love this Chicho talk, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in my stoppage time. So maybe we should move on. Okay. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Where should we go next? Maybe the defense? Defense was good. It was, but there there were certain lapses throughout the course of the game where, you know, we could still argue that some of that set-piece stuff is inconsistent. I mean, the Galaxy scored a goal off a set-piece. The second goal came off of the uh, off the underlying of another set-piece. And we've had problems in the past with set-piece defending. Yeah. Uh, we've certainly buckled things up. But, I mean, we had issues in Vancouver. Like, we've started to let, you know, a couple consecutive games where we're allowing goals on set-piece defending. And, you know, like, fatigue makes cowards out of anybody, not just professional athletes, but out of all of us. And so coming into that 86th minute, you know, we were biting our nails. The game started getting really close, and Galaxy sure as hell had a shot at uh, tying this game. Yeah, luckily, the one guy that you needed to be locked in, and we got to see him on Sunday at Party Beer Co., Maxime Cropot. Yep. And he told us, he, we were talking with him, we were like, hey, man, what was going on towards the end? He was like, I was getting really upset with the guys because we just needed to clear one or two of these, and the game yeah. would have been over, but we weren't able to. And I think your concern is warranted because when we suffered last season, it wasn't so much on the first ball. It was that second mm -hmm. phase, and that really is an effort phase, right? You head the ball out, but then you need to work as a team to push forward. Um, and so you have the Vancouver, which is an individual error, and Ilya will own that. But that's in the second phase. You guys all need to work together to push out and get out of the deep defending, and that's where you have to be, uh, let's say, just a little bit more turned on, switched on, because it's, it's really just about effort at that moment. Winning a ball, getting it out of your end, and then pushing the team forward. And it was that, that as you said, that last 10, five minutes, where one, the Galaxy did get a, a goal back to make it two for them, but it just felt that off of set, set pieces specifically, there was just chance after chance, and whether it was the effort of the guys or, or for whatever reason, like you mentioned, Crepo was saying, it felt, I almost had a heart attack, I think. Oh. Yeah. Without a doubt, I mean, we should go out and probably buy Ravellison a beer in like the 86 minute off that corner that, oh, he that Vasquez had. Yeah, I mean, Williams had a clear header on site, and then Ravellison knocks it well above the crossbar. So, you know, thank you. You played a good game, but an even better game for us. You were weary, really wearing black and gold clothing underneath that Galaxy Herbalife sash, right? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. He's like, ah, one goal is enough. I've done enough. I've done my job. But, but really, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was tough to watch. And Steve even said it, like, we just can't defend that deep. Yeah. That's, that can't happen. And, uh, but credit, again, a little, you got to give a little credit to the Galaxy. They made the rivalry game what it was. They didn't just, like, turn over at 3-1. Uh, they really pushed LAFC. And I think LAFC will be better for it, having gone through 
a rivalry game, sat deep and realized this is the trouble we can get into, I think you now have the tape that Steve can go, guys, can't do this again. And come playoff time, they're going to know we can't just sit back that far and defend. Agreed. Do we want to talk about some pros in regarding the defending? Yeah, we did We did the downside of the defending. The downside, but, that pieces. But, but the but. plus side was, and Nico alluded to it, I want to go back because I did admonish Nico for talking about Chicho the DP, but Nico saying, uh, too bad Chicharito didn't play on Friday because <laughs> literally was in, as we said in the cold open, in the pocket. Non-existent. Uh, I think yeah. he had like two shots, but I mean, yeah, you, he, he was MIA. I mean, you should have been on the back of a milk cart and I couldn't find Chicharito anywhere. Yeah, and, and and this is a game you're like, oh, Vela and Chicharito, finally, 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 they're gonna go head to head. It's gonna be the El Trafico that we all wished for. Vela was on his game. Vela showed up. Chicharito, I think that's his right. name. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't see, see him anywhere. Him. Thanks, Ibiaga. Thanks, Mario. Yeah. Wow, what a performance. It, it took them a little bit to get into the rhythm. I think the Jovic chance, yep. the one that really Woke made them up. realize how they were gonna play the game, where they were gonna play a lot of. Basically, showing to the ball, dropping it, and then immediately turning and going right back to goal. It's the, kind of the up back through movement that Taylor Twellman alluded to. But Seba, especially, his his like focus on Chicharito, knowing that this man thrives on his movement, and it's kind of what Mamadou kind of lost. Mamadou, you know, relied basically on his athleticism and didn't keep an, that close eye where Seba was like, no, no, no. Wherever this man goes, I'll make sure that if it's in a dangerous area, I will go double move, triple move, I'm on top of him. Uh, it was, it's just really good to see, again, a guy that probably, we would all admit, was not really in the plans of LAFC, especially as more center backs kept coming along. No, but in this stretch, Chiellini coming along. Yeah. Right. Dude. In this stretch, Sebastian Ibiaga has been uh, immense for LAFC, and he deserves I, all I the credit. I think there's an argument in the last five games, he may be our best center back. Yeah. I think oh, a hard... Hefty argument for that. Yeah, I think it was like I like a, maybe like a half a dozen games ago where he made one play that ultimately saved the goal from happening, and since then Ibiaga's been doing his thing. Like he was a consistent, solid player for NYCFC when he donned that jersey, but he's been doing so much better. And like I th still think Chicharito might be in his back pocket. I mean, he shut him down, and with the emergence of Chiellini, like. And we're talking about fall. I mean, I think I would put Ibiaga over fall at this point until Ibiaga falls off. And I think he just wants to hold on to that spot as any professional athlete would want to. But it's been nice seeing him. He was an Achilles heel for a little while, but I will no longer say anything like and, that about Ibiaga. And Chicharito is the player that, that capitalizes against you. Like, I, I, I don't want to say this and how Lives he was not. Pardon? Made a whole career off of it. Exactly. And I don't want to sit here and say that he's a bad player. And, you know, he was I'm saying he's non-existent in this game. And a large part of that is due to the center back pairing in which we had yep. that played against him. He's clinical when he gets into those areas and gets those chances. He's a phenomenal player. But, hey, we locked it down, which we don't always do, especially in these big rivalry games. So credit where credit is due, Seba and... Um, and Murray. Well, and Philly makes a really good point. Seba is playing so well that Mamadou can't get back into the team. And but that is a that's a learning situation, right? When you take Mamadou out and you say, look, results are the only thing that matters, so you need to pick up your game. And then the guy that comes in continues to get results. You gotta roll with that guy because that reinforces yep. the yep. message. So but Good. But it's good all around. As, so, but at the same time, it's also going to motivate him, too. It's just like, all right, I got to get my position back. So that's only going to make him train harder, and that's only going to make him better at the end of the right. day. So let's go live now to Bank of California Stadium to Shoulder to Shoulder podcast host Jonathan Reimer. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, Jonathan? Looks there cute. There he is. Oh, looking good. 
Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. We are right here in the Lexus Field Club. As you can see, the stage is set. The anticipation in the room palpable as we get ready for arguably the biggest announcement in five years for LAFC. This is really a crazy moment to be a part of. Are you, are you nervous? You're going to see Bales like, like, like five, ten feet away from you. You know, I mean, he, he made a North End visit and was pretty close to us there. We might not get the same wet T-shirt experience that we got at the bank over the course of the game, but uh, I think everyone in the room is on pins and needles waiting for him to arrive right now. Maybe, doctor, I was with, the, uh, with you for the, uh, the Chiellini conference, and we were, all, we were all jazzed up and excited. Like, what's the vibe like in the room down in Field Club as compared to Chiellini from last week? You know, I feel like it was a little more subdued for Chiellini. I feel like today people are a little bit more intense about this signing. Uh, something in the room, something about the atmosphere here. It just feels like the anticipation has been ratcheted up a notch by comparison to last week, boys. Jonathan, I want to ask you probably uh, everyone in chat's most important question. Any inkling on the fact that he might hold up a jersey and it might have bail and a number on the back? Any inkling what that number might be? Well, we can see a kit getting ready in the corner, and I have tried to spy the number, but unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see what number, but uh, we are all going to find out very, very soon. Any predictions for numbers, Jonathan? Ooh, gosh, I think, I think there's only one number left in the teens, and then it would be in the 30s. So I think it's, what is it, 14, the only, or 13, the only number left? I think that's what he's going to go with, 13. Bail, 13. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Really appreciate you, boys. Have a great show. We'll check in with you a little bit later. Sounds good. Thank you. There he goes. As we said, we're going to throw to that press conference out of here. Uh, but it's very good, good to have boots on the ground, as they say. So we move on to a game we haven't played in a while. But there was so much happening on Friday that I thought we'd bring it back. So this is I See You. Philly, lead us off. What did you see? I can't oh. believe they're letting you make decisions now about what we have on the show. This is just I know. Bad Who, who's giving me that power? I, know. I feel it's like that's ter a very terrifying, cool especially idea. after they saw you after the game. You're clearly not in the right mental state. Yeah. No, he was. He was high on life, as we were all at that yes. point. I mean, that, that was good stuff. Uh, as far as an ICU, the thing that, <laughs> that I, get, I got a cackle out of, I mean, LAFC, like club legend, LAFC soccer head. I mean, that guy puts in his work painting himself up for all the games, getting all the logos and the graphics. But this in particular, the, the little demon-like mask that he had on and how he was taunting some of the Galaxy players as they were coming off the pitch into the tunnel. I mean, we saw that, but this is my Efren, favorite one. Uh, Efren Alvarez, I don't know if he just meant to play it off that way, but, like, I mean, that was just, that was classic. I love that. Like, LAFC Soccer Head is the man, and that was just such a classic reaction. I actually enjoy, I, I think both were playing playing in it, right? LAFC Soccerhead's doing it. Efrain Alvarez is having a little fun. That's the that's the friendly banter that yes, I think we I'll all, take that all, all want, day right? Over what some of the alternatives could be. Oh, well, he ended up getting like Zlatan to grab his you-know-what at the end of the I playoff do, game. Right. So. Yes, that's probably that. not as friendly, but still <laughs> yeah. uh, It was okay-ish. My ICU was on our post-game reaction show. Check out this tape. It was the, 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 the kid who joined us, the dog water kid. So get in the chat and Hashtag dog water and to Hashtag the emojis. Too. Make the what shirts. What do you think about the galaxy? Dog water. Dog water. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. That's the sound bite heard across the world. Across the place. He's like, what? <laughs> I, I love it. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, there, there's a lot that you can um, you can try to talk about with a, a kid, especially on a microphone. But I, I like the one-word answers because yeah. it always it always it's always good. We give you, we at 110 Football give you free reign, any creators out there to make 
any kind of dog water, hashtag dog water shirts that you would like, and we will wear them. So I will wear you them. If you guys make, make dog shirts, water shirts, we will wear them with with pride, and we'll give you a shout out. And also, a lot of creative on, on our social media, you guys get in get in our comments. Hashtag dog water, make it a thing. Get in the galaxy social media. Just bombard everyone with hashtag dog water. Yep, dog anyway. water. Also, get over the brewery thank you, La Tabla. It's uh. Oh, you can't take it off right now, but... His hair looks good because he just doesn't touch it. I just don't touch it. Just it's its own it. beast. All right, I'm on to my ICU. I'm going to call it the Smoke Show. That... Oh, the Smoke Show. So you talk about me or you. Smoke Show... Yeah, both of you. <laughs> no, uh, that Smoke Show at the beginning uh. of the game was incredible. Again, I want to go back to talking with Maxime Cropot about it. He was like... I was floored by it. They were even talking about it in the locker room. Here's, here's video of it. I mean, it's incredible. The one thing I do want to say is... I know MLS is watching this and they're probably thinking about maybe sending some fines or something like that as they do because they have these strict rules about it. But you know that that's going to be an Apple TV promo, so just chill out. It's yeah. okay. It's, it's most it's definitely totally going to be fine. They just like reaping the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good fun. The players love it. And like I said, Maxime Cropot, it says he said it, it takes things up a notch. Like he came out, he saw it, and then had to come in and just kind of recenter himself. So you, you guys are doing a great job. The yep. players are definitely noticing and they're talking about it. So. The smoke show, love it. Let's go, let's get more hashtag smoke shows too. <laughs> hashtag smoke show. Uh, if we had lost on Friday, many of us would have felt really, really bad, like like bad, bad. So it makes sense that this week's class of 22 is mildly morbid, but also <laughs> delicious. So we asked LAFC players, what would be your last meal? Check it out. Hmm. Okay. Tacos. Like a, maybe like a burrito. Shake shot, hamburguesa, lo mejor. Unos, unos trocitos de pollo que hace mi esposa. Mi comida preferida. Asado, like, lot of asado. And then for dessert, pancake dulce de leche. Like maybe four or five. ¿Sabes lo que es patacones? No, ¿qué es patacones? Patacones es verde. Pat, le dicen aquí patatas, patatas creo que le llaman, patatas. Lo fritas, lo haces patacón. Con, con seco de pollo y arroz, me muero contento. Muero tranquilo. Probably wing stop wings. Probably I love chicken well, wings. Better. I always get buffalo. I just love chicken wings. No bandeja paisa. Es un plato típico colombiano que trae arroz, frijoles, carne molida. Trae no sé si saben tajada, que es como el plátano maduro, eh, chicharrón. Oh man, fufu and um, good soup. Pasta with Alfredo and shrimp. Sancocho que hace mi mamá. Muero feliz. All right, quickly, what is each of your last meals? Vince. Oh, I was, uh, but I was too busy looking at theirs. Theirs were so good. I would take Murray's. Murray's was mine. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, if I'm anywhere in the world, lobster, if I'm back home in New York, Danny's Pizza on Leopards Boulevard and Kew Gardens. Jumbo Jack. Jumbo Jack, really? Yeah. Wow. From up, like, really? Yeah, what? Not poutine? You know what, I will say this, you're so authentically you, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love on the, on the, pre, on the pre-game, I, I mentioned me eating an Impossible Burger. If any of you guys thought I was serious about that, no. They don't know you well enough. Uh, okay, we've got to get going, but before we do so, we have a little stoppage time. So Vince, you're up first. Okay, uh, this is going to be a big one for me. Uh, this was coming off of Friday, so maybe I'm just a, a little bit uh, high on my own supply here, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> LAFC Galaxy is the best rivalry in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. Okay. Hot and take. Okay. I have some notes. I have some notes. 
let's just start here. There's been 70 goals over the 16 matches, and I love Giorgio Chiellini was on with Hercules Gomez on Football Americas, and he was saying, you know what I love about the LAFC Galaxy games is there's goals, man. Because like where I come from in Italy, uh, a 1-0 is like a good derby performance. Everyone's really tight. He's like, but you guys score a ton of goals. But on top of it, you we already talked about the smoke show. We've got the atmosphere. Uh, we've got the stars. We've got Chicharito. We've got Gareth Bale. We've got Chiellini. We've got Carlos Vela. Uh, and basically, we've had entertaining matches in every single one where there's been something on the line where people really buy into it or invested into it. So I think the only thing that's missing at this point it's just a long history. And that's all, honestly the only thing that a lot of these rivalries in the Western Hemisphere, or even, let's say even in Europe, can hold over us. It's like, yeah, we've been playing for 100 years. Yeah, well, there's probably been about 50 to 60 of those that were like, we, no one cared, and or it was in black and white. So this is in full color, everyone. This is the way of the future, and I think that LAFC Galaxy is just gonna continue to grow around the world into probably a top five rivalry let's just say anywhere in the universe. And I really agree with you. It's natural too. This isn't curated. From a fan's point of view, the, the hatred the fan bases have for each other, that isn't like a, oh, suddenly one day we just decided to do it because it's fun. No, there's a deep-rooted hatred. The most unnatural part of the fan base, or not the fan base, of the rivalry, El Trafico, yes, is the part that the neutrals like. So for all you people that are like, well, it's manufactured, you love that part. And then, as Connor says, the rest of it was just, it really was natural. It's so funny how much people will say, oh, it seems manufactured. Not even in the least. Come come hang out with us, and I will walk you through those uh, supporter section, and it is not manufactured at all. Uh, my stoppage time is Chicho Arango, and I'll say I was of the mind that now that we have a DP spot, and John Thornton has said we want to bring in a number nine, I thought that he was worth at least offloading in the case that we do get a number nine DP. I thought he was it would be okay if we lost him. These past five matches have showed me that he is not only worth sticking around, but he is also worthy of a starting spot. Regardless if we pick up a number nine or not, regardless if Brian Rodriguez is healthy, regardless of when Bale starts, Chicho Arango has shown time and time again he deserves not only to be on this team, but to be starting and to be scoring goals uh, for the best team in MLS. So I've changed my mind regarding Chicho Arango. I could go off and, and sing the song, but uh, after we saw Kevin last week, I don't think I'm going to sing my own song. Chicho, you and Kevin need a du Chicho, uh, duet. I, I'll just I'll write for him, and then he could sing. We'll do it that way. And have a beautiful voice. And speaking of which, a guy who helped facilitate that goal for Chicho is none other than Carlos Vela. My stoppage time is by the time the season ends, Carlos Vela will lead the league in assists. Now, everybody's looking for him to go out there and score goals. He is not nearly on pace to get the 34 goals that he had in 2019. However, he is on pace to break his all-time season record, which is 15. He's got eight right now, tied for third. A lot of the pressure comes off of him with some of these new players that are coming in. Bale, Chicho Arango doing his thing. Uh, obviously, another designated player. We've got 14 players that have scored goals. I'm confident, I think we could all agree on the fact that Bale probably will easily be 15 and a lot of that is probably going to come from Carlos Vela. He's going to remold himself into a facilitator and a playmaker not necessarily a goalkeeper extraordinaire. Carlos Vela leading MLS in assists as the season progresses and matures. So for you guys in the chat saying that the presser is late, stick around with us. We're going to lead you right up to the presser so it's fine. So in Keep doing in mind so, he was at training so he, he has to co go from training all the way over. Wouldn't you rather it be late because he was training? And But also would you rather be waiting with just a, a nothing or be waiting with us? True. Come on out. So we did player swatch again for El Trafico. Big prize. And there was a tie for Ooh. winners. So we're going to draw out of a hat. Does anyone have a hat? Uh, no. Oh. Ugh. Okay, I have two 
Wait, two names in here. How did you do that? That's been in there the whole time, guys. I'm planning pretty Wait, far ahead. Has it been there the whole show, or did they appear after you took your hat off? Right. I think they were actually in his hair. So ready? Are we gonna pick a winner? What else is in your hair? A lot. I mean, I bet there's some right. Jack in the Box curly. Pick prizes. a winner who's gonna huh. join us in that 110 football All right, suite. All right, the person joining Seattle, us in the no 110 less. football suite is. Someone want to read that? Al Alan H16. And from from Twitter. Twitter. Alan H16. Well, we will reach out. We will reach out, and you're going to be joining us in the field suite. That's awesome. Congrats. And again, against Seattle. Yeah. So it's not like just a throwaway game. It's going, That's back, going, to be a big it's going game. back on my head. You're going to keep those in there? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's got day. next week's winners in there as well. But anyway, again, players to watch. Keep playing, you guys. We love playing with you guys, and we love sharing these prizes with you guys. So every week, get in there. All right, time for our interactive segment of the show. We love chatting and talking to everybody out there. So please hit us up with a couple of questions. We'd be more than happy to go around and answer them as best we can. And I'm actually seeing some of these right now. Uh, Vince, why don't you pick the first question well, that we're going to address? We're going to give them time to get some more questions in. We're going to go right back to Jonathan real quick. He's out there at the press conference Sweet. as we had him earlier. Jonathan, what, what, what is going on? What's, what's the delay here? Where's, where's Gareth? What's, what's happening? Yeah, find him. Uh, we, we have heard that Gareth is in the locker room with uh, some of his teammates and will be coming down through the tunnel to the press conference here at the Lexus Field Club in just a moment. Currently, I have the true stars of Bank of California oh, Stadium, yeah. the chorus of the black and gold here right before me. So all the 3252 leadership members that are here ready to go. We have an absolute cadre of media that has arrived as well, too, as you can see in the background here. We have virtually every sporting outlet you could possibly imagine in the room. Guys, this is fun. This is some really fun stuff that we're seeing here today at Bank of California Stadium. It's been like 15 minutes. Have we gotten any more word on the number situation? <laughs> um, so the jersey has been secured in the locker room so that no one can take a sneak peek on it. They are being very hush-hush about the number. I have gone around and asked everybody whose face I recognize and a few I don't if they know what the number is going to be. And we're just going to have to wait, boys. The anticipation, though, is killing us. Uh, it's a great tease for the press conference, though. It'll be the only place for you, or the first place for you to find out what number you want on the back of your bail jersey if you're going to look to get one of those. Uh, Jonathan, let me ask you, because you, you said the, uh, a lot of the 3252 are there. They're ready to cheer on Gareth Bale. Is there any plans for maybe a uh, Gareth-specific song or... Are we just kind of going with what we already have uh, from LA? Uh, in true 3252 fashion, you'll have to wait and see. Uh, we don't reveal any of the secret sauce before the dish comes out. Good tease. Good tease. Do you want to do you want to chat to one of the, the 3252 members, Jonathan? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We want to grab somebody here real quick. Let's see if we can get the director of active support to join us here. Oh. We have both of them currently sitting live, right live. Here, front show. row. Hey, hey. Guys. Lean Ray. I mean, not Ray, Julio. What's up, boys? Lean and Julio El Chivameo Ramos. Say hello to the Masters, boys. How are you guys feeling about this? You guys ready? Excited. Yeah. Excited? Enjoying the day, man. Enjoying the day? Of course. It's a beautiful day in L.A. You heard it, boys. Beautiful, Jonathan, beautiful ask, day ask, in L.A. to be here. you ask those two a question for me? Far away. What question would you like to ask? Uh, since they've been here from day one and even, like, day negative, like, they've been here for forever. I want I want you to ask him, where does Gareth Bale signing rank in the all-time signings of LFC? Is this the biggest All right, gentlemen, LFC? so the question is, where does the Gareth Bale signing rank in the level of signings for LAFC? I mean, he's a superstar. Right? He's a superstar? Number one. Number one? I mean, you know, globally, why is Gareth Bale is bigger than Vela globally? 
What about here in Los Angeles? Same. Same? There no, you go. heard it, boys. Heard it here Biggest first. signing ever. I, tr I trust Julio, so that's why I wanted you to ask him. He man knows his stuff, that's for sure. That's Nobody right. knows LA football as well as those boys do right there. Yep, like I said, day, day zero, day negative. He's been here through it all. Amen. Well, well, thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, and have a great time. Just, just soak it in. Yep. I wish I was there. Thank you, boys. Uh, yep. Absolute pleasure to join you. You guys are doing the Lord's work there in studio, and we'll keep holding it down here for you at the bank. Check back in with us a little later. We'll let you know how it went. Grab, grab a lock of his hair for me, John. Yeah. <laughs> the man bun. Cut it off. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Team Security Paul would intervene in that case, and I have no idea about uh, how fisticuffs with him would go, but not yeah. something I want to try. Fair yeah, we, we, we want to see you again, Jonathan, so please uh, stay safe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not looking for that lifetime ban. Sorry, boys. Right. Right. Thank you, Jonathan. There he goes, Jonathan, Thanks, the Shoulder to Shoulder podcast. He's out there at, at the presser for us. Um, so obviously, again, we're going to hand that off, but you get to hang out with us for a little bit longer as it runs late. And let's answer, let's answer some questions. Yeah. You know, one thing, I, look, I'll, I'll always praise the chat. I love you guys week in, week out, getting in the chat, having some fun. You guys are funny. Like, I, I, I will say, like, during the show, when, when the camera's not on me, I'm sitting here reading the chat, and, like, some of the times you guys crack me up. So keep it up. I like the entertainment. <laughs> so we uh, talked about Chicho a lot, because obviously yes. he's been so good. You, you're saying, uh, I'm sold on him. I, I sold on him, meaning stay here, yep. not sell him. Um, I like this question. Do you... Do you want a young DP or an experienced DP? What are your guys' thoughts now? Because if you're locking Chicho in, and that everyone was kind of surmising that that would be who would be uh, moving along if we brought in a more experienced. And I, earlier, Gerardo was asking about Luis Suarez. So thoughts on where you would go with a DP at you bring this point? In a, you bring in a young guy. You bring in a young guy. You bring in another Brian Rodriguez-esque Signing, not same position, I'm not same profile, but I'm saying of his age, of maybe the same demographic. Mm -hmm. um, and look, you have Bale and Chiellini, who are two international superstars. You don't need any, I, I'm not saying these two have huge egos, but I'm just saying you don't need another superstar amongst Vela, Bale, Chiellini, right? right. Yeah. You now have the opportunity to bring in another young Brian Rodriguez and have him not have the same ego because he's coming to a yeah. team with Bale, Vela, Chiellini, right? Yeah, I would. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say Rodriguez comes to LAFC at a time where we don't have like these huge world-recognized names, right? The only big one is Vela, so maybe he's a little more cocky coming into it. Maybe has a little bit of an ego, but no, you have players coming in, young players. They're gonna come and they're gonna start learning from from all those names that I mentioned. So yeah, I completely agree. I mean, had it not been for the Chiellini and the Bale signing, I would have easily gone for a DP that has experience couple of seasons like that's something that we were somewhat lacking in the locker room is veteran leadership season one we sort of had that with Simon and then that fell into the hands of guys like Stephen Banishor and Benny Failhaber we started losing track of that getting younger and younger and sometimes you need an older personality with experience to kind of rein in the troops now with Chiellini and Bale I mean who else are you going to honestly look up to more than those two guys really? a younger person that you can cultivate and do what the original intent of John Thorrington and the club was that would be the way to go and uh, they have the best players, some of the best defenders, I mean, the best team in MLS, and some of the better veterans to take some, uh, some words of wisdom but, from. But again, also Carlos Vela, right? He's been the captain, and he's been here from day one, but he wouldn't be able to do that on his own. So just the, 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 the uh, splitting up that, that leadership role for him a little bit and having players like Mamadou Fall even, learning from multiple guys now, yeah. is really beneficial. All your guys' points are, are 
spot on. I mean, the, the egos in the locker room are something that you have to keep an eye on. And look, these guys seem humble. Giorgio Chiellini seems like the humblest man in the world. Gareth Bale has come in here and he's been very kind of low-key, just uh, enamored by the experience. And I think he's going to be great. But when you package it all together, it's, yeah, it just seems like it has to be a young guy be for those reasons, as well as for the reason that if Bale becomes a DP in the future um, and you assume Brian's the next one to go, you want a young DP so you can keep those uh, mm -hmm. under-22 initiatives open, which are guys like Cheeky, yeah. Sifu, Pancho Janela. So that makes sense. And then, you know, I think Brian Rodriguez said this. He might have come too soon. Like, he arrived too soon and he wasn't ready. So give this player, a young player, in a season where, like, literally you probably don't need him. Give him the longest runway possible to come in midseason with no preseason and to just kind of learn on the job and say, we're not counting on you right at this moment. And I think that can be the way you best serve a player. And then he'll be able to hit the ground running a lot better than, let's say, Again, Brian Rodriguez, who said he maybe came over too early and had to have these experiences where he actually goes to Spain and kind of yep. learns that, like, oh, maybe I'm not what I thought I yep. was, and I need to buy back in a little bit more. I, I think if you just you do it with a young player and then also pace. Yep. Just get someone with pace. Yep. I think that's what we really – this team, we're pretty quick. Um, as we saw, Chicho and Carlos hitting on the counter with two passes, done and done. Uh, but I would just love just some searing Diego Rossi-esque pace. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think Brian's going to actually start doing better. I mean, in the 10 games, he's played two goals, three assists half the time. And then the ego thing that you brought up, I think having a bail in here, Brian's going to go, I'm not better than bail. I think it's only going to make him better. But, yeah, just going back to it, like we just need a younger DP, in my opinion. Yeah, that's good. Should, I, I, should we talk about Adrian Pine? Yeah, somebody was in there asking about it. Right, I was... it's been, it's done its rumor mill. Yeah, the, and the rumors are, Pretty spot on. It's, uh, I can confirm he was at training. Uh, Maxim Cropo also confirmed to us yep. uh, that that was him. Uh, people have been asking me, though, is he a DP? No. <laughs> no. If uh, he was a DP and yeah. Bale wasn't? No, he's not. I mean, he's a Bayern youth product. It'll be actually very interesting because I think his contract with Bayern runs till 2023. So it'll be interesting if it's a loan mm -hmm. or a straight purchase. That will tell you a lot about where Bayern sees him working in. Uh, but I think it's just a chance, uh, one, for Steve to open up that German pipeline. Uh, Steve obviously speaks fluent German, so he can help him out in that regard. And the player has gone on loan to quite a few teams and maybe not impressed. So maybe it's time to move him uh, to a completely different atmosphere, still with a coach that you know speaks German, understands the German way of playing, yep. and maybe he can restart his career. But I think he's one of, a guy that comes in. And realistically, I know that we have Kellen Acosta as our backup six, but we don't have a backup to Ilya. So you really need a guy like him because I've heard his passing range is pretty incredible uh, uh, from live ball situations. So that's where he can kind of fill in for Ilya. I'd like to think his physical profile is also one to note. On top of that, I went on the record, uh, I don't know if it was last show or the show before that, saying the only spot in which I would see that LAFC could just add one more depth piece is that central midfield. Just one more on top of Poncho and, and, and Latif. And so I, I'm just happy that that, that, that John it came to, to be. John, that, John was watching the show. <laughs> he took my input and he thought, oh, my God, that is actually a really good idea. Anyway. It's about time. It's about, I'm basically calling the shots for LFC. I just want to say, Soccer USA, we need right back depth. I, I'm on the fence about this. We have Franco. Hollingshead has been incredible. Like, he's finally figured out that, that position. Um, it. It's hard because it's salary cap league. Like, how many right backs can you have? I know, have? But, but but think we get. Let, let's go through it. We have Escobar, Hollingshead, Acosta can play, Latif can play if mm -hmm. needed. Yep. And then you have the younger guys, which don't. Well, and plus day, you but. added 
Giorgio Chiellini, where you might not play with a four-back system at times. You could play oh. with three, and then you play with wing-back. So there's a lot of ways you can go. I don't think it's as pressing. Uh, it def we definitely felt the squeeze of it early on in the season, and uh, it's been tough seeing uh, Franco Escobar play and then be out of lineup and then play, and I, I feel for him. Uh, but I've, I have whole, like, total confidence in Ryan's ha Ryan Hollingshead now because he literally has figured out kind of and it's weird because he's right-footed but played so well at left back and then moved to right back and was like, it, it's just different pictures in your mind, different starting points, and I think he's kind of figured it out because he's really contributing now in the buildup. And once you kind of, kind of figure that out, you're good. Yeah. And is Philly excited that we're signing a German? I'll, I'll be excited once the ink dries. Until then, it's somewhat speculation. Uh, as a nine-track guy to bring in a Bayern <laughs> guy, eh, yeah, of course I'm excited. But it's it's – like you were talking about, it's interesting to see, like, the expectations that he had. He was with the Manshot system up until the U21s, and then kind of a slow progression in terms of, like, where he was going. I mean, he was uh, playing in the East in East Germany for Dinamo Dresden. I mean, he was Greta Firth, and I'm butchering the name, but, I mean, they weren't too keen on him. So I'm a little hesitant to get uberly excited, but it's cool to get somebody from that system in. And, uh, yeah, I'll be excited if and when the ink dries. And I just want to say, for Jesse and Gerardo, I, I'm not saying you're, you're going to be starting Acosta at right back. I'm just saying these players aren't one-dimensional, right? So you look at a depth chart. You're looking at all the players that can play that position. You know, these players aren't only right backs, only left backs, only central midfielders. No, like they can hit multiple positions. And so when I say, when I look at right back depth, I'm looking at, a group of like five guys who can play there that might not be natural yeah. right-sided fullback. It's it is unfortunate but in a salary cap league where roster spots are limited you have to say that oh I would love to have be three four deep in certain positions but you just can't be and unfortunately for teams uh, luckily the right back is one you can kind of get away with but yes if you go down to the third and fourth player on your depth chart you're in a lot more problems than depth yep you know and that's just the way this league is and that's why to Connor's point, that John Thornton and Will Kuntz have both said, having players that can play multiple positions is like, it's just added value. It really is because... It's added depth? It's then added depth, just added value, and that's why they actually look for guys like that. Damn. God, well, I love go. this chat. Chat's good, man. Asking, asking about Adrian. Look, they're on top of things. Uh, I, I heard that Bale's playing some FIFA in the locker room right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Did we have any other good so questions? Tiger Woods that Golf? Saw, that you saw? Tiger Woods Golf. Please He's playing don't. skate. Please don't. <laughs> any more questions? Well, what are we thinking? Did you guys tune into the post-game reaction show? Did, did any of you guys come by the post-game reaction show? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to start pushing you guys. I want to see all of y'all in the chat at the post-game show. I want, I want to see you guys on camera. I want to put you in my seat on the mic. You heard it here first. Well, they're not going to be able to top our boy with the dog water comment, but you could try. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. It's Vince, who's your spirit animal? <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Giraffe. A giraffe? Yeah. Or like a wiener dog. <laughs> Vince said wiener. Really? Vince said <laughs> wiener. <laughs> no? God. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> Connor Howler monkey. Oh, not a spirit animal. Oh, yeah, spirit animal. That's funny. Yeah. Howler monkey. What about you, Philly? What's your spirit animal? I don't know. Um, what, what guy, I don't know. You tell me what, guy, what would be my spirit animal. I, I don't think I don't have anything as creative as a howler monkey or a dog. I don't know. With, the, with your hair, it's very like a Wolverine-esque. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine I like. Or a, or a or hedgehog. Like, yeah. like a badger. Or, porcupine. <laughs> por, por, porcupine. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I dig it. Porcupines are a little too mellow for, for Philly's taste, I think. Yeah, but more like a Tasmanian devil. How about that? Yeah, fair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, on that note, later today at 4 p.m., Angels Wear Boots will recap an awesome 2-1 win over the San Diego Wave. Big rivalry win. Megan, Amanda, and Nina will be with you on that show. And this Sunday, we're back for another watch party. LAFC travels to Nashville, and Vince and I will be with you back at Rockin' Riley's on the USC campus. So join us there live, where we'll be selling the 110 football hats and shirts, or, of course, watch us right here or on the LAFC YouTube channel. So once again, thank you guys so, 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 so much. Uh, we, we appreciate all the interaction in the chat. Brian, quickly, he asked, what is the biggest key to Nashville? It's going to be unlocking them because they're going to defend deep and then set pieces. Do not give up set pieces to Walker Zimmerman. We're going to Those smash Nashville. I guess we'll see you at Rockin' Rileys. Yep. Or on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Enjoy the presser.